Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. So there was a crazy, crazy article uh, in, uh, I think it was the, the, the Daily Maverick. It, it, it was just something quite, uh, quite unbelievable. And I read this and I thought to myself, wow, this is bizarre. Writing in the South African Daily Maverick, Alexander O'Riordan makes some bizarre and unfounded claims concerning the relationship between the South African Jewish community and violence perpetrated by settlers in the West Bank. Uh, as a South African Jew, as a person who's quite involved with community, I swear to you, I had no idea. No idea at all. I didn't know that CSO was a youth movement. I, I, I mean, all these things were just a little bit odd. Well, uh, thankfully, we have organizations like Simon Plosker at the at Honest Reporting, and he has written an article on that. Simon Plosker, Managing Editor at Honest Reporting in Jerusalem. A very good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning. Uh, how are you, Howard? I am well, thank you. Well, thank you for setting the record straight in South Africa. That's very nice of you indeed, uh, considering that uh, it's happening in our backyard. So just tell us, who is this bloke and what did he write in the Daily Maverick? Yeah, so I'm just, just to point out that I'm, I'm not a South African Jew. Mm-hmm. When I read this article, I, you know, I was just amazed. I mean, it really is, you use the word bizarre. It really is absolutely bizarre. And according to this, uh, this writer's biography, he's a freelance political analyst. And he also happens to be associate faculty of the Royal Roads University in Canada. And apparently he works on a freelance basis, uh, advising, amongst others, the U.S. government, the European oh, Union oh, and UN oh. institutions on development cooperation. Mm. And according to his bio, he's also been advising on the development of joint cooperation activities in uh, the Palestinian territories intermittently since 2010. So presumably, uh, I mean, he, he believes that he's an expert on uh, the region. Um, I am led to believe he is actually South African. Um, he may actually be, uh, I believe he's Jewish as well. But, oh, really? Um, I mean, it, it doesn't is, sound it is Jewish. truly bizarre. Hmm. He doesn't sound Jewish. And his understanding of the South African Jewish community is is just absolutely off the planet and i mean you know i said i said i am not a south african jew i've had the privilege of visiting your communities a couple of years ago um and i think anyone could see that uh what he's writing is just absolute nonsense Okay, so let's just let's just talk about that. The the some of the allegations that he made it it's it's either pure fiction or deliberate or deliberate misinformation. What do you think? You know, I I don't even know because it's actually incredibly incoherent. And I think the gist of what he's trying to say here is that South Africa, amongst other places, and mainly South Africa, he concentrates on is producing a movement of, I quote, settler terrorists. And where are they coming from? They are coming from South African Jewish youth movements. And he actually names Netza, Habonim Draw, Beitar and Bener Kiva. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing out loud because I don't know if anyone follows Habonim. <laughs> it's not always that simple when it comes to support of Israel. So, so uh, yeah, the irony in that should not be missed. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think, and, uh, you know, these are international Jewish youth movements. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we all know that Netzer and Habonim, for example, 
they're pretty left wing and progressive. Exactly. And I think they'd be very, very surprised to hear and defended. They, their ideology is producing settler terrorists. It's it's really, really bizarre. Yes. Um, and it gets worse because you mentioned before um, he ha- he then has a go at the community security organization. Um, I mean, as as we all know, the CSO does an unbelievably amazing job of securing of the South of African course. Jewish community. Yes. Um, there are, there are, it's based on a similar model to the Community Security Trust in, in the UK that I know a lot more about. Um, and it, it describes the CSO as a youth movement, which, of course, it certainly isn't. Although some people um, are young-ish, aren't they? Yeah, they um, they're youthful. Maybe sure. that he should have just said youthful organisation. Well, absolutely. I mean, it says that um, the CSO, and this may, this may very well be true, it has excelled where all the others have failed. It organized young Jewish adults and was associated with getting Jews to marry one another. Well, you know, that's maybe that's a blessing, but mm, mm. the rest of it is certainly not, because um, this guy says that while CSO has no easily defined ideology, right. the unwritten rules are that to be a Jew means to carry arms and defend the community interests against outsiders, and that this the rise of the CSO and a Jewish identity embedded in the ability to commit violence mm, mm. coincided with the demise of Israel. So, the point so, of pride so Simon, what, what's elected. fascinating to me is uh, immediately after this article was written, David Sachs, uh, who uh, we speak to very very often on the show as well, wrote a an article as well on the da- for the Daily Maverick. They published it, and he, and he went through some of these these allegations. It was an excellent article that that he wrote. And uh, thankfully, the Daily Maverick published it immediately, and uh, as, uh, as as some form of balance or right of reply, whatever that would be. But the question is, and why I wanted to chat to you is, what now? In terms of you deal with this issue all around the world, where somebody can write the biggest load of hogwash that they choose to write. Yes, they will let people respond, as in this case, David responded, responded very well. Uh, but but is there any form of censure? Is there any form of recrimination for the publication itself? And of course, they just say, "Well, these are the views of our uh, of our columnists." But but it's not. He, it wasn't his view that uh, it needs to be challenged. It's actually the facts. So what happens in a case like this? Yeah, I, it's a good point. I'm afraid the problem here is that I mean, the Daily Maverick has has published this nonsense on the basis that this person claims to be an academic, um, when in fact clearly, uh, he, I mean, nothing that he's written here is any any academic founding whatsoever. What we can only do, I believe, is to expose this utter nonsense and put public pressure on the Daily Maverick. So I would I would encourage all of your listeners to write to the Daily Maverick mm. and complain because they need to hear not just from David Sachs, but from readers and from other people outside, that what has been published is absolutely unacceptable. And part of what I do at Honest Reporting is to make sure that this this gets out there as well, the uh, exposure to sunlight, if you will. Um, and that, that's, that's sort of how I have done this. But, of course, it needs people on the ground to take the information that we provide and go out and actually do something with it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's absolutely bizarre. 
<laughs> in fact, I've just got um, I've just got a message from someone uh, to say, well, I've just complained to the CSO. Um, I'm very disappointed in all the times I've worked, served at the organisations. I've never been introduced to a sexy brunette. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever, not even once. So uh yeah, it's 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 just uh it's just absolutely bizarre that that this is the case that uh, that all of these things are, are are being written. So yes, of course, um the, the people need to take this up. The problem is Simon is that we we're quite worn down by the the anti-Israel bias of the press. And I have this discussion with the editors at News 24 where, you know, I, I write a weekly column for them. And every time I'll see a ridiculous article, I'll send them a, a, a message and, and they'll always respond because they don't believe that they are anti-Israel. But the reality is that sometimes the person, let's say, manning the desk over the weekend or whenever that would be, will just pull articles from Al Jazeera rather than trying to get a balance of of what is uh, of, of what is really going on. So the problem lands up being that that uh, it's often about what they don't write, and uh, it, see, it comes across that the Jewish community is just uh, a whole bunch of complainers because we don't want anything negatively written. Yeah, I think I think there's a problem here. Whether and I get to read the uh, the media from around the world and South African media has a particular problem. I believe that many of the people working in that media are not educated properly about what Israel is, about who Jews are, and it shows in the uh, the writing. And also, as you mentioned, um, these media outlets tend to grab their sources from places like, for example, Al Jazeera, um, rather than mainstream media like, for example, the Associated Press or Reuters, which, of course, aren't perfect, but they're certainly better than Al Jazeera. Mm. And I think there's also a level of unprofessionalism in South African media, um, as demonstrated by when I try and get corrections. Um, it is it is absolutely like bashing your head against a brick wall. Something absolutely simple can take weeks and weeks for anyone to respond. And just for as an example, I managed to get um, IOL to respond only after... Um, sort of shaming them, naming and shaming them on uh, Twitter um, because they wouldn't respond to emails. Personal emails sent to journalists who are actually responsible for their own their own mistakes and won't even bother correcting them. Mm, mm. It's it's really just uh, quite frightening. Gimples, as one of our listeners says, honest reporting needs to set an example, get Shirat Hadin's help, and sue the so-called academic personally. Um, they've never sued any anti-Semite. It's time. Uh, I don't know if that's fact, Gimple. Have have uh, you know? Do, do, is it a policy of going after of ne- not necessarily going after the publication, but actually the writer? No, I think it is certainly, I mean, there's a case we made for taking legal action, but I don't think it is actually effective. Um, you know, something like that is incredibly expensive, time consuming, and there's no guarantee of getting a result at the end. Um, personally, it's not, not how my organization operates. There are other organizations out there that do use legal action, but going after a particular right or individual 
in my experience, uh, is not necessarily the way forward. It's interesting because I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with you, and I'm, I'm certainly not in the space to know, obviously, the costs and things like that. But surely, if uh, one by one, all across the world, people who wrote inaccurate and clearly factually wrong um, and and uh, derogatory material material that's de- that uh, of uh, you know that has de- that uh, is is def- uh, that defames Israel or defames an organization surely if that became a thing that you could challenge them on it and uh, potentially sue them then maybe people would be a little bit more cautious before they just uh, wrote whatever they chose to write well, absolutely, but it means that the the person or entity that has been defamed needs to be the one that's taking responsibility here. So Israel does not, um, as a matter of policy, go around suing, uh, you know, writers that write nasty things about it. Um, likewise, I can't necessarily launch a legal action against uh, Alexander O'Riordan because I'm not the one who has been defamed here. Mm. So oh, I see. I'm not a legal expert, yes, but that's yes, pretty much how, yes. how it works. Yeah, very, very interesting indeed. Lots and lots of comments. I'd love your thoughts, Simon Plosker, uh, from Honest Reporting. Just keep doing the amazing work that you are doing. Wishing you a Shanatovach, uh, a Shabbat Shalom, and a year, hopefully with nothing to do, Simon. Wouldn't that be, how about that for a bracha for you? Please, God, I look forward to that. <laughs> uh, I don't think it will happen. But, no, uh, I don't think so either.